0: Welcome to Jesus in Our Time with Doug Kinney, pastor of Hampton's Christian Fellowship and affiliate of Calvary Chapel in Sag Harbor, New York on Eastern Long Island. Pastor Doug is currently teaching through the book of Titus.
1: There are those who are among us who believe they are not worthy we offer you the word of life we bid you come and dine upon the mercy we have tasted and the love given so freely come take your place at table now with jesus in our time In our time. One of the
2: things that qualifies as good deeds is your changed behavior. Not so much good behavior, your changed behavior. You become a Christian, and now you're living for the Lord, and your very nature is changed. You're a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, what is the verse? 21. Uh, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Behold, the old things have passed away. All things are new.
0: You're likely familiar with the metamorphosis a caterpillar goes through in becoming a butterfly. As it emerges from its cocoon, it genuinely has become a new creation. The way it functioned as a caterpillar is completely different than its purpose as a butterfly. You ever think of yourself as being transformed from a caterpillar to a butterfly? Pastor Doug mentions today that when you're living for Christ, you become uniquely geared toward the things of God, and you are altered from what you were before. Now here's Pastor Doug in Ephesians chapter 2 as he continues his message, Closing Thoughts. What are
2: the pressing needs around you that you see as a Christian? What are the pressing needs in the community? That you might see as a Christian and you will start to see good deeds that can meet those needs. Pressing needs in the church. I think that's one of the ways the Lord guides us as we just see what those pressing needs are in the lives around us. I mean, look around our congregation. I think it can start right here in the congregation. What are the pressing needs that we have? And what are those good deeds that you can do to help someone to meet the pressing need? Good deeds, again, very important in the Christian life. Ephesians 2.10, which many of you are familiar with, that verse tells us that this is why we were created. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. And that's the same thing, good deeds. Think of that. You want one of the meanings of life. Here it is. Many times we might wonder, why am I here? What is this life all about? Why was I created? For the Christian, we're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. And then, very simple, very profound at the same time. Because then he says, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. God has prepared beforehand these good deeds that you're to do. That's one of the keys, I think, finding you have to find what has God prepared beforehand for you to do. That's one of the reasons prayer is very important, because that's where you're going to hear from the Lord. Prayer is not just us speaking to the Lord. The Lord will speak to you, and he'll impart to you. He'll he'll show you, he'll guide you what it is he wants you to do. And he's not finished with you yet. You may have done things already, praise God, for the things you've already done, but what are those things... He's prepared beforehand that we would simply walk in them. By the way, prayer meeting Wednesday, and that's a way that you can find this out in the prayer meeting. I'm amazed how many times God has spoken to me in a prayer meeting about something I was supposed to do. And I'm, I'm just sitting there quietly in the prayer meeting. The Lord will start to put on my heart, I want you to do this, I want you to that. It might, it might be something that's years away, a sort of a vision type of thing. Or it could be something that's immediate. Go and call this person. Reach out to that person. Go and do this. Whatever it may be. I think one of the ways we discover what he's planned is just step out in faith. Don't be afraid to fail in the thing that he's called you. And he'll he'll start to guide you in the thing. Even as we fail in something, he'll... I think as we just step out in faith, in something we may think he's called us to do, he'll start to fine-tune what we're to do. I remember years ago, we were thinking about radio station, and we couldn't have one at that time. But we just started to put these little one-minute messages on WLNG. But I think through that, you know, as you're faithful with little, the Lord gives you more. So here we were just being faithful, putting a little one-minute message on WLNG. We were paying them like $600 a month, for a one-minute message, five days a week. And uh, then the Lord redirected us, and we started to have uh, our own radio station. So the Lord will show you. He'll guide you. It's interesting that this phrase, good deeds, is mentioned in Titus six times, um, just by way of review in chapter 1, speaking of the false teachers there in Crete. Uh, Verse 16, chapter 1 of Titus, uh, Paul says, They profess to know God, but by their deeds they deny Him, being detestable and disobedient and worthless for any good deed. So even the deeds they were doing, they denied Him by their deeds. They were denying God. They professed to know God, but they denied Him by the things they were doing. And then they became just worthless for any good deed. We don't want that. He tells Titus in chapter 2, verse 7, be an example of good deeds. That's what we want. Be an example of good deeds, Titus. In verse 14 of chapter 2, this is a great verse that we saw. It tells us, Jesus, our Lord, gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds, so we've been redeemed from the lawless deeds we used to do. Now we're a people for his own possession. What should we be? Zealous for good deeds. No longer do it the evil deeds we used to do. Lawless deeds, but zealous for good deeds. I think that verse speaks of our good behavior. One of the things that qualifies as good deeds is your changed behavior. Not so much good behavior, your changed behavior. You become a Christian and now you're living for the Lord and your very nature is changed. You're a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, what is the verse? 21, uh, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Behold, the old things have passed away. All things are new. So in that newness and in that new creation, you're changed in your Way of life. And that, I think, is part of this idea of the good deeds you're doing. The deeds are how we're living our life. But then it is specific things we're to do. Titus 3.1, if you jump up to, if you're in Titus 3, if you've got your Bible open, that's a really good deed. Um, we're to be ready for every good deed. Titus 3, one. ready for every good deed. So it's not just our behavior, but what are we doing? We're, we're living our life, and a good deed comes along. We're ready for every good deed. Something comes along your way, and you, you ever have that happen? You're just going through your life, you're working, and you get this opportunity, and you know, I, I should probably help that person. I should do this for that person. But I'm very busy, and there's times where we don't do it. There's those sins of omission. We should have helped, but we didn't. But be ready for every good deed. The Lord this week, I guarantee it, if you're asking Him, the Lord's going to put opportunities in your path. Be ready for those good deeds to so just seize on them and do them. And then verse 8, we're to be careful to engage in good deeds. And verse 14, good deeds here in this last verse uh, to meet pressing needs. What are the good deeds he has for you? Remember, the good deeds don't save us. They do not save us. Look at verse 5 again. Titus 3.5 how are we saved? He saved us. Not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but they're very important. Ephesians 2, right before that other verse I quoted, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, you know these verses. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. You know, in heaven, we're not going to be boasting in our deeds. We're going to be boasting in the Lord's deed. We're going to be saying, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. That's why we're here. And we're to be trusting in His finished work for our salvation. One of the dangers as we look at deeds is we can start to think, that's how we're saved. No, you're saved by faith in Christ, what He did. Not your own works. On the other hand, what does James tell us? James 2, verse 14. You could turn there. This is a long one if you want to turn there. James 2, 14 tells us that our good deeds express our faith. You ever read this portion? James now gives us the other side of this. He says, what use is it, my brethren and my sistren? Remember, brethren means brothers and sisters. If someone says he has faith, but he has no works, what what use is it if you say you have faith, but you have no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace and be warmed and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow or person, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? And you see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. So James gives us this other side of the coin in a sense. James is not saying, as many sometimes misunderstand, and they might point to this and say, see, we're saved by works. No, he's saying that the faith that saves us will not be alone. We're saved by faith alone in Christ, But that faith is going to result in works. True saving faith is going to result in your works and in your good deeds. He reminds us, take care of those in need. If someone comes here in need and we just say, God bless you, brother. Be on your way. What good is that? We need to help those that are in need. On the other hand, we have to remember, we could also be helping those in need and never preach the gospel. We could be feeding and clothing a lot of churches are doing that today. They're feeding they their clothing, but they, they forget to tell the person how to be saved. God forbid we clothe the person. We never tell them how to be clothed in righteousness, how to be clothed by the Lord. And so we need these things in our life. It's so important. Your faith resulting in works, faith without works, is dead. And the good deeds will be rewarded. 1 Corinthians tells us that. 1 Corinthians 3.10, you can turn there too if you'd like. This is another long verse. Do you know that your good deeds will... Well, good deeds, uh, first of all, they'll be judged, but they'll also be rewarded or unrewarded. 1 Corinthians 3.10, Paul saying, According to the grace of God which was given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another is building on it. Each man must be careful how he builds on it. You know, here we are building on another man's foundation. Bill founded this church, Meg's great-grandfather, or grandfather, our children's great-grandfather. And here I am building on Bill's foundation. Be careful how we build on the foundation. Someone else laid the foundation. He says, no other foundation is laid except for one, it's Christ No man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Christ. The church is built on Christ, he's saying. But if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident, for the day will show it, because it's to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward, If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. In other words, he's saying there that, again, there it is saved by grace. A person is saved by grace. They could have nothing to show for it. Their works are completely burnt up. They didn't really have any works. They're still saved. Praise God for his grace. They've made it in. And the idea here is we want, you know, as he says, be care- see, what, what does he say in Titus? Be careful to engage in good deeds. Be careful here how you build, what you do for the Lord, your good deeds, your works. You want it to be that gold, silver, precious stones. What would be burnt up in this fire? The wood, hay, and the straw. The wood, hay, and the stubble. Psh, burnt up. Each man's work will become evident. That's one of the reasons you want to find going back to Ephesians 2:10 the things he prepared for you to do from the foundation the works of the spirit not not the works of our flesh serving the lord hearing what the lord has for you to do it may not matter to you now it will on that day my job is to let you know about this day because you might get there one day and say Doug never told me this would happen our works will be judged we're all gonna, I think we're all going to have things that are wood, hay, and stubble that are just going to be burnt up. But we will be rewarded for those works we've done that will uh, survive this fire, whatever. you know, It's very mysterious what he's talking about here, this judgment of our works. But I think one of the things he's saying is that what we do here, I believe that what we do, how we serve the Lord here, determines certain things that will be there in heaven. I believe when we're in heaven, we're gonna be serving the Lord. We're gonna be doing things. Where we serve and how we serve there is gonna be based on somewhat on what we've done here. Our faithfulness here, our obedience here. The closer you are here is going to have an effect on what happens there. That should be a motivator for us. I know that helps me. It motivates me as I think about what's going to happen in heaven and how, hey, wow, what I do here affects there. I believe our capacity even to enjoy heaven is somewhat related to our capacity here enjoying the Lord. As the Lord enlarges your heart here, your capacity to just love him and and to enjoy him and get closer to him, there will be some correlation. I don't know what it is exactly, but it seems to me from the Scriptures there will be, it does matter what we do here. There will be a result there that, again, may not, may not matter to you now, but it will then, once we're there, once we're, once we're with him. And um, therefore, it should matter to you here, right? It should matter what we're doing here. Wow. If any man's work remains. He will receive a reward. There's more that can be said. I see our time is up. I was going to talk about how good deeds are a witness to the unbeliever. What did Jesus say? Let your light shine before men such as they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Praise God. The people around us, they'll see your good deeds. They'll see your good works. It's just a witness to those around us. A caution about good deeds. Ephesians, uh, Jesus writing to the Ephesians in Revelation, what happened to the, here were the Ephesians getting this letter about the work there, his workmanship, created for good works in Christ, and one of the things that happened was they left their first love. Be careful as you're doing your good deeds, don't, le- don't lose that first love. In talking about good deeds and in doing good deeds, we still want to keep our focus on the Lord. Because I think that's one of the supreme deeds, the supreme works we're doing is worshiping God. Mary took that time to sit at his feet. What was Martha doing? Always working, working, working. Nothing wrong with what Martha was doing. She was complaining about it. That was the problem. But take that time to sit at his feet, worship him. Don't lose your first love in the work and the deeds that we're doing where we're like the Ephesians did. And the final greeting, going back to 1 Timothy 3, after he talks about the good deeds meet pressing needs, just a simple greeting at the end, but it's very beautiful. All who are with me greet you. Greet those who love us in the faith. I guess don't greet those who don't. That's what he's saying. These false teacher guys, giving you a hard time. Grace be with you all. Love Notice that phrase, greet those who love us in the faith. Love is that bond of fellowship, so important. Without that love, we could, what does Paul say in 1 Corinthians 13? We can, do, we can do all kinds of works, give our bodies as martyrs. We can feed the poor. I don't think he says that there, but you get the idea. He's saying we can do all these kinds of things, but without love, we're nothing. And grace be with you all. The final word that he gives typical of paul right just the final word grace the grace of god be with you because all of these things are by grace even the works you do it's by the grace of god the lord has planned them beforehand for you to walk in them by grace just letting his plan unfold and then you're walking in those good works and those good deeds Hey, I think if we do this as a church, as we're really thinking about this, take this to heart, and if each one of us here is discovering what God has prepared beforehand, and then we just walk in that, it's going to be different for each one of us. That was another one of my warnings here. Sometimes the thing you're called to do, I'm not called to do, and we can start to get frustrated with that. Why isn't everyone called to do this thing that I've been called to do? It's going to be different for each one of us, but as we all find that and discover that, walk in that, oh, we're going to be so fruitful. You'll just have a fruitful year in the Lord.
1: Though an imperfect congregation Full of folly and of doubt We presume to ask our questions Then we wrestle with their finding out Break the bread and pass the cup And try to bear each other up To live the mystery of Jesus in our time Oh, Jesus Oh, Jesus Jesus in our time
0: So glad you joined us today to study the Book of Titus on Jesus in our time. This New Testament book is filled with valuable information for every believer the apostle paul's letter covers god 's desired conduct for the Christian within the home, in the church, and in the world, whether you're in leadership or not. Pastor Doug will have more to share when you join us next time, but for now you can explore additional biblical teachings online at hamptonschristian.com. We'd love to hear from you too. Would you let us know how you heard about Jesus in our time? We'd be honored to pray for you as well. Give us a call at 631-725-4155. Again, that's 631-725-4155. You can also connect with us on Facebook Be sure to like and follow our page to get the latest information on all that's happening with Jesus in our time and Hamptons Christian Fellowship. You'll find a link at our website or just search for Hamptons Christian Fellowship. Would you like to join us for worship this weekend? We'd love to have you. So visit HamptonsChristian.com today for service times, directions, and all the information you need. One more time, that's HamptonsChristian.com. That's all we have time for today. We encourage you to continue studying through Titus on your own. We hope you'll join Pastor Doug again next time right here on Jesus in Our Time. Jesus in Our Time is produced and sponsored by Hampton's Christian Fellowship.